Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. Today, I'm excited to read and share with you some of my thoughts on another chapter of the Bible. If you haven't yet, please visit my website at livingchristian.org. There you'll find Bible verse lists, Christian blogs, and a whole lot more. Be sure to check out the apparel store and use the exclusive code PODCAST20 to get 20% off your entire order. So whether you're a longtime follower or a brand new listener, I hope you find something valuable in this video. If you do, I appreciate a rating and review right here on the podcast page. It helps me get the word out. All right, let's get going on the new episode. All right, welcome to another episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking, uh, live on Instagram on Mondays and Fridays, or you can listen to it on the podcast or watch it on uh, on YouTube. That's fun. That's fun. So I'll check it out at livingchristian.org for all the stuff living Christian. So today we are reading Mark 13. Uh, this is kind of the second part of our Easter series, uh, wrapping up kind of Mark 12 through 16, talking about as after Jesus has arrived at the in Jerusalem, now what's he doing? What's he talking about? He's already kind of foretold of his death. He talked about the parable of the farmers and kind of called out the, uh, the, the Pharisees of the day, which of course they don't like. Now he is talking to his disciples in, in this chapter, and he's going to be foretelling the future, talking about kind of the end of days, so to speak. So uh, you can read Revelation, which that vision from John is kind of confusing. I understand that. You can go back in First Thessalonians. You can read about the seven days uh, in Daniel. But these are the words from Jesus Christ about what is to come, which is uh, very exciting and, and very um, uh, nerve-wracking at the same time, I'm sure. But uh, take heed, take heart. Uh, we are God's children, and everything's going to be okay. So with that, I'm going to read Mark 13. And we're going to talk about it. I'm going to answer some questions afterwards. Uh, and I'm just going to read from the text, and we'll discuss what the text says. I don't want to read too much into this. I want to be literal about what uh, Jesus was talking about, because obviously Jesus is who we need to listen to, right? Uh, so let's, lead, uh, let's read uh, Mark 13. Sip a coffee first, and we'll dive in. So if you're watching this live, if you're watching this afterwards, or even if you're listening to it, get some coffee. Coffee is good stuff. All right, Jesus foretells of the future. As Jesus was leaving the temple that day, one of his disciples said, Teacher, look at those magnificent buildings. Look at the impressive stones in the walls. Jesus replied, Yes, look at these great buildings, but they will com completely destroy. They will be completely destroyed. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Verse 3. Later, Jesus said on the Mount of Olives, across from the valley from the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew came to him privately and asked, Tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will you show us that these things are about to be fulfilled? Jesus replied, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, those things must take place, but the end will follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in many parts of the world, as well as famines. But this is only the first of the birth, planes with, birth pains with more to come. So Jesus starts off foretelling and talking to uh, you know, it, four of the uh, disciples, Peter, James, John, and Andrew. He starts off and he says, what's going to happen? These, all these buildings are going to be destroyed. And they're like, well, when is this going to happen? And he immediately goes into kind of the sequence of events that Jesus talks about. Right? 
First, he says, there will be many people that say that they are the Messiah. So false teachers, false prophets, but actually people that say that they are the second coming of Christ. And then, and and they will uh, they will deceive many, which is interesting. Uh, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars. Sounds like right now. Uh, that is for sure. Nations will go against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes. But this is only the first part. This is only the first birth pains. So are we to expect wars, people claiming to be the Messiah? Probably the Antichrist is who's, who he is referring to there. So does the Antichrist have to come first? Kind of, kind of says that, right? But there's several interpretations. But these are the first of the birth pains. Birth pains, excuse me. Verse 9. When these things begin to happen, watch out. You will be handed over to the local councils and beaten in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings before you because you are my followers. This will be your opportunity to tell them about me, for the good news must first be preached to all nations. When you are arrested and stand trial, don't worry in advance about what to say. Just say what God tells you at the time, for it is not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. So here's the sequence of events that Jesus is talking about. The wars and rumors of wars, the Antichrist, or the people saying that they are the Messiah. Then the followers of Christ, the Christians, will be handed over to local councils and beaten. But it's okay. Stand trial. The Holy Spirit will tell us what to say. Verse 12, a brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own kid, or own child, excuse me. And the children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And everyone will hate you because you are my followers. But the one who endures the end will be saved. That's interesting. Now he talks about everyone hates you because you are my followers, and the ones who endure to the end will be saved. He doesn't say those who survive the seven-year tribulation will be saved. Those who endure to the end, those who stay focused on Christ until their end will be saved. So what's the first half of 13 talking about? Talking about these, that first part of the tribulation. So in other books of the Bible, it talks about the seven-year tribulation. The first three, first three and a half-ish are the tribulation, and the second half is the great tribulation. So what he's talking about here is the tribulation. And if you endure that, and you don't get misled by the, you know, the per- people saying that they're, the, that they're the Messiah, you don't get misled by the Antichrist, and you don't falter whenever you're being per- persecuted, then you will be saved. It's easy as that. So you can't reject Christ. It's all talking about the blasphem- blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. You cannot reject Christ. So whether it's during your normal life, like we are now, or whether it's during this part of the tribulation, you can't reject Christ. Don't reject Christ. And if you endure with your faith, then you'll be saved. Not much fun. This is what Jesus is saying. Verse 14. The day is coming when you will see the sacrilege object that causes desecration standing where he should not be. Talking about the abomination of desolation. He's talking about the Antichrist there, okay? So the Antichrist will be. It says, reader, pay attention. He will be where he should not be, which is at the temple, okay? A person out on the deck of the roof. So the day is coming when the Antichrist will be standing where Christ should be standing. That's what he's talking about, okay? Then those in Judea must flee to the hill. So as soon as the Antichrist stands at the desolation of uh, abomination of desolation, as soon as the Antichrist stands where 
the where Christ should be, we must run to the hills. A person out on the deck of the roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return even to get a coat. How terrible it would be for pregnant women who were nursing mothers in those days. And pray that your flight will not be in winter. For there will be greater anguish in those days than any time since God created the world. And he will never be so great again. In fact, unless the Lord shortens that time of calamity, not a single person will survive. But for the sake of his chosen ones, he has shortened those days. All right. Pretty ominous. I know. I know. This is scary stuff. Uh, but he's talking about the desolation, right? The And where the Antichrist is standing at the temple and saying that he is the Messiah. At that moment, Christians need to run for the hills, so to speak. We need to hide. We need to uh, not get wrapped up in what's happening in the world in those days. There'll be wars and famines and terrible things happening. But we can't partake in what that the Antichrist is selling, so to speak. This is going to go into the Mark of the Beast and all those things, right? That we read about in other in other um, in other uh, books. We can't be part of that. Either we're going to be persecuted and killed, or we need to run and hide in the hills to be away from. It. But either way, everybody will perish by the end of it. Which is okay, because if you go back to verse 13, he talks about if we endure these trials, and if we keep our faith, we will be saved. Okay? That's good. Verse 21. Then if anyone tells you, look, here's the Messiah, and there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform signs and wonders as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. Watch out, I have warned you about this ahead of time. So, before Jesus actually comes back, Right before he returns, there will be false prophets, false messiahs, people performing miracles, people performing things that um, people that don't have a firm faith will look at that and go, maybe that is Jesus doing those miracles. But don't be deceived because Jesus says in verse 23 that he's already warned us that this is going to happen. So as long as we abide by the words in the Bible, everything's going to be okay because we already know what's going to happen. A lot of people in this world are not going to understand this and not going to know what is happening because they don't know the Bible. But it tells us exactly what is happening. So as soon as we see these things, as soon as we see the Antichrist, we see the wars, we see the famine, we see the false prophets and messiahs and the false people doing miracles, wonders is what he calls it, signs and wonders, we know that Jesus already told us what was going to happen. So we can't be fooled. We shouldn't be fooled. Right? At that time... Verse 24, at that time, after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then verse 26 is very important. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send out his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth. Okay, so this is this is the complication of, of whether there is a pre-trib, post-tribulation, or mid-tribulation rapture. Everybody wants to know, is, are we going to be saved from this calamity? Uh, well, and so far in Mark 13, uh, Jesus doesn't say anything about us being saved beforehand. Okay? He doesn't talk about a rapture. I get it. First Thessalonians, I know that there are references, and you can read into whether it's a pre-tribulation rapture. 
but I'm only talking about Jesus's words today. Okay, according to Jesus and his words in Mark 13, after all this stuff happens, after the abomination desolation, after the false prophets, after all this stuff, then everyone will see the Son of Man. Everyone will see Jesus coming in the clouds. He didn't say only the followers. He didn't say his chosen ones. He said everyone will see. Every knee will bow, as you've heard in other parts. Okay? Then everyone will see Jesus in the clouds. Every single person on earth. And he will send out his angels to gather up the chosen from all around the world. So he's going to gather up his believers. All right? And bring them to heaven. All right, 28. Now, learn a lesson from the fig tree. When it branches, buds, and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you know that his return is very near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, just this generation will not pass from the scene before all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. All right, so he's once again, he goes back to the fig tree. All right, and this is there's a, there's a lot of discussion in the Bible about fig trees. And that is an analogy. All right? So when we see these things happening, when we see the branches budding from the fig tree, when we see that wars and rumors of wars, we're being persecuted and arrested for being Christians, we have false messiahs happening and false uh, signs and wonders happening, and all these things happen, we're going to know that Jesus coming back is right around the corner. Because we know the scriptures, right? We are the believers who read, can read Mark 13 and realize the chronological order of what is happening. Now, this is the uh, this is verse 32. Now, we talked about this generation. I'm sorry. One thing I did want to say is I tell you the truth. This generation will not pass from the scene. A lot of non-believers or people that twist the the Bible uh, seem to think that. Um, what he's referencing there is an actual physical age generation of, hey, I'm talking to you disciples, and this is going to happen in your lifetime. That's not what he says. And if you read some of the footnotes in your Bible, it talks about a lot of translations, and most of the translations are of this age or this nation. You could take it in the sense of uh, maybe a, maybe Israel, right? Like Israel will be there until the end. All right, Israel won't disappear until this happens, or this age of enlightenment and Christianity will be in place until this happens. Okay, so don't get confused there. All right, uh, 32. However, no one knows the day and hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard, stay alert. This is the, the verse where a lot of people are like, hey, nobody knows. The trumpet's going to sound, and we're going to hear uh, the trumpet, and Jesus is going to uh, meet us in the clouds, which will happen. Just It depends on whether it's happening at the beginning or the middle or the end. Okay, He doesn't say anything about the beginning or even the middle, but that's okay. You can, there's lots of other uh, chapters and stuff to unpack that. Just know that these are Jesus' words himself. So we need to stay alert, be on guard, as he says, because we don't know when these things are going to happen. Now, as he talked about in the previous one, we'll see these things coming, and we'll know based on this scripture. Verse 34. The uh, coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left home, 
He gave each of his slaves instructions about the work they were to do, and he told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. You too must keep watch, for you don't know when the master of the household will return, in the evening, at midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak. Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone. Watch for him. So, the lesson to be learned here is there are some things going to happen <laughs> that aren't going to be much fun. But because we know the scriptures and we will be instructed by Jesus to watch for him, to be alert, to be on guard, to endure to the end, we will be okay. Many won't. Many won't know the Bible enough to understand what is happening. They're, they're just going to think that it's another world war or, uh, you know, uh, we're going to get impacted by a, a meteor. Uh, and all those things are true, right? We are. Uh, but uh, this is the chronological order that Jesus uh, says these things are going to happen. So the big question is, do you believe that we will be saved from this calamity, as Jesus calls it? Or uh, do you think this is for other people? I grew up as a Southern Baptist church. <clears throat> I grew up with a pre-tribulation rapture mentality. God will save us through this. I will meet him in the clouds before uh, all this stuff happens. Uh, the older I get and the more I dive into Scripture, the more I'm, uh, I'm not real sure about that, to be honest with you. Just being honest. At the way Jesus' words says, it sounds like we're going to have to endure some tribulation. Maybe not us, maybe our kids, maybe our grandkids, whenever it happens. It sounds like it's going to be a tough go. But if we endure and we stick with our faith, everything's going to be okay. That's the way I read just Mark 13. Okay? Now, we could argue. I got evidence on the other chapters of the Bible that talk about maybe more of a pre-tribulation rapture or a mid-tribulation rapture. I understand that. I'm just reading Mark 13. Uh, but we must endure till the end, uh, Jesus says. And what does that mean? Does that mean we have to make it through all seven years of the tribulation? No, that's not what that means. Uh, what he's really talking about is we need to keep our faith strong and our belief strong in Christ until the end, whenever that is for us. Whenever that is for us. Be on guard, stay alert, but you know, we got to live our life. Be ready, however it happens. Uh, however, uh, we have to endure the you know the seven years or whether we don't, uh, or whether we pass away before that even happens. Um, it's okay. Just keep your faith strong and everything's going to be okay. And we'll be saved. That's what Jesus just said. So believe that. Focus on that today. Don't focus on the the tribulation, focus on your life and your faith, and uh, everything else is going to be okay. Because you don't know. You don't know when Jesus is coming back. You don't know when it's your time to go be with him. Uh, a lot of people love the fact that um, they read this and thinking this is happening today. This is not happening today. We would know it. Bad stuff happens. This world's a mess. It's a fallen society, fallen world. But we're not in the middle of the, of the tribulation. Sorry, it's going to be a lot worse. The way I read that is in, in many places in the Bible, it talks about how terrible it is and how it's never been like that. Even when we're just reading Mark, Jesus talks about the fact that this is going to be the worst ever on this planet. And if we were in the middle of that, we would know it. In my mind, that's how I feel. Because there have been worse times. Spanish flu, the Dust Bowl, 
uh, the flood of Noah for crying out loud. Uh, all those things are terrible and, and bad for our planet. World wars and all these other things. This is not the worst time in the history of our planet. Uh, but that's coming at some point. Um, and uh, we will be okay. You know, we will be okay. So I'll, uh, uh, we can dive into other books of the Bible on the, the end time stuff. But uh, as we're kind of reading through, Jesus is preparing um, his disciples for what's to come, mainly so they can tell that story over and over again and spread that word. So he's preparing, and we're going to get back to our Easter part of this uh, this uh, podcast right now. So what is happening right now is he's preparing, knowing that he is about to get crucified, and he knows that's coming. He knows his days are limited on this earth. So he's telling his disciples different things, and he's kind of ramming through a bunch of lessons uh, before that day comes. And the lesson he wants the disciples to know now is, hey, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen one day, that way you have hope that I will return. That's what Jesus is saying. And you can tell that story to future generations so they know what is coming. Jesus knows what he's doing. It's not just to warn those four disciples uh, of what's to come, because more than likely, they're, obviously, they didn't have to endure that. But he, he wants to kind of get his lessons and his teachings in before that final day uh, on the cross. So that's where we're at in the Easter story, okay? So uh, so next week, uh, we'll hit uh, Mark uh, 14 and 15. Uh, and that's uh, very exciting stuff. So all right, uh, we got a couple minutes left. Sorry, that was a little bit of a long one because I think I talked more uh, than, I, uh, than I normally do. But uh, if you haven't put a question in the uh, question box there on the bottom, put one in now. I'll answer a couple and then we'll get about our weekend, okay? All right, let's see what we got going on here. Uh, what can I do if I feel like I'm saying the same prayer over and over again? Uh, Chrissy B. Uh, so if you feel like you're saying the same prayer over and over again, I would kind of take a step back and ask yourself why. Why do you think you're saying the same prayer over and over again? Is it is it just out of um, you know repetition and uh, uh, boredom, so to speak, where you're just saying the same thing and you're not really diving into your prayer life and having a, a conversation with God? Or is it just that you feel like you need to pray, but you don't know how? Uh, I think there's a two things. So you have to kind of look at yourself and figure out where you're at with your prayer life. I would say there are some times that I pray uh, the same things over and over and over again. Uh, but a lot of those times it's because it's still weighing on my heart. I'm still fighting and getting through it, whether it's praying for my children or, or praying for uh, you know, issues that I've got going on in my life. It doesn't, sometimes it's not just a one prayer deal. I've got to, I want to talk to God about those things over and over again, about my life and my direction and where I'm doing and what he, where he wants me to be. So there is some times that uh, I find uh, even my prayer life is a little, a little repetitive. Um, I, I have uh, the same things I pray for over and over again. But if you're, if you're praying for something and it's, it's kind of uh, not from your heart, and you're, you're, you know you want to pray and you need to pray, but you're just kind of praying for the same thing over and over and over again, you may want to think about that. All right? So my advice to you is take a step back, you know, uh, think about what you're praying for. And instead of maybe uh, being conscious of that, uh, maybe sit down tonight or this morning and uh, pray for something deliberately that you haven't prayed for before. Or just sit back, Close your eyes, 
and talk to God. If that's repetitive, it's repetitive. If it's not, it's not. It just sometimes it's easier just to clear your mind and uh, just have a quick conversation. And uh, that's always nice. Maybe that's what God wants more than anything. Okay. All right. Um, a couple of things I had. Somebody asked me what Bible I read. I read. I've mentioned this every once in a while. It's called the Every Man's Bible. It's a New Living Translation. You can get it on the link on my website, livingchristian.org. There's a Amazon store there that I, I have uh, Bibles and stuff that you can go order. Uh, and mine's on there. It's called the Every Man's Bible. It's a New Living Translation. Uh, I like that. Um, the other question on the Bible is, uh, do you read the Bible front to back? or back to front. Um, I've read the Bible a couple a couple of different ways. Over the last couple of years, I have read the entire Bible again. Uh, I actually started with the New Testament, uh, and then I went back and read the Old Testament. The reason why I did that is because I, I, I firmly believe uh, that the entire Bible is uh, about Jesus. And uh, if you have a firm understanding of who Jesus was and who he is, uh, by reading the Gospels and the New Testament, when you go back and read the Old Testament, it kind of changes the way I read it, to be honest with you. I've read it from start to finish uh, with Genesis to Revelation, but uh, sometimes it's easier to, under if you're not used to that, you don't get to Jesus until uh, the New Testament, and you, don't, you may miss some of the references, uh, for sure, in the Old Testament. Uh, so if you haven't read the complete Bible before, you have two options, front to back, or start with the New Testament and go back to the Old Testament. Uh, but uh, if you don't have a firm uh, relationship with Christ and uh, know how to, uh, you know, know know who He is, then maybe start with the New Testament. All right. Uh, can you please save this live? Yes, this live will be saved on my profile on Instagram. Uh, you can always listen or watch on the podcast, livingchristian.org or Bible Reading. And Coffee Drinking is the name of the podcast and the YouTube uh, videos. All right, one more question, then we'll get out of here. Um, all right, there are so many different Bibles available, but which do you have and where do I get it? Okay, I just mentioned that, Brianna, so that's where um, that's the Bible I read. My suggestion for you guys, uh, don't get too hung up on uh, which translation um, that uh, you want to read, Okay. King James, New King James, New Living Translation, New International, ESV, blah, blah, blah. There is so many translations out there. I would say the one that you need to read is the one that you will read. Um, if, if you're getting too hung up on translations and this verse is in this one and that verse is not in that one, I don't understand why, you're way overthinking it. Uh, I believe that this is the, the Word of God, period. And no matter what translation that uh, you know you read, if, it, if it's one that you can understand and dive into, that's going to be the one that you get the most out of. Because if it's too confusing or it doesn't make sense to you, then you won't read it. And there's no good in that, right? Um, there's no good in that. Uh, so there are some that I don't prefer, to be honest with you. Uh, the good news, the message, there's a couple of ones that I think are a little too rudimentary and clunky, um, for sure. Um, but... Uh, I, I stick with the New Living Translation. I like the ESV as well. I grew up Baptist, so I grew up on the King James. I've got several over here, uh, so I like it as well. But uh, my day-to-day, -day, just the Bible I've had for years that I carry around with my tabs and everything, is a New Living Translation. I'm used to it. I like it. Uh, it makes sense to me. All right, let's say a quick prayer uh, for our weekend, and then we'll uh, we'll get going, and then we'll get back together at the beginning of next week for the, uh, for the Mark uh, 14. All right? <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together. 
Lord, we, we sometimes overthink things. We read into, into too much. We watch too many YouTube videos or TikTok videos talking about the end of times, and we're so afraid of it, Lord. But you're telling us in Mark 13 that we shouldn't be afraid. You're telling us what's going to happen. And as long as we're prepared for that, and it may not even happen in our lifetime, but if it does, we know how it's going to take place because you've told us. And we know that if we endure to our end, then we will be saved because those are your words, Lord. So please, be with everybody watching or listening to this right now. Ease their heart. Sometimes we get too focused on what may happen. We lose track of what is happening. Help them stay focused on today, Lord. Help me stay focused on today. Help me stay focused on my relationship with you and fostering that and surrounding myself in your presence all week long. Because whatever happens other than that doesn't matter. The end times will come, I know, but all that means is that I'm closer to being with you. That's all ultimately what really matters. So Lord, I, I ask for you to give everybody watching and listening to this a little bit of peace and perspective and not get too focused or hung up or stressed or anxious about Mark 13. But instead, look at it in the sense of, now I know what may or may not may happen in my lifetime, maybe not. But I know what I need to do because you're telling me what I need to do. Have them have that perspective instead of fear and anxiety, Lord. We love you and we trust you so much. We know that you will deliver us. And one day we will be with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. We'll get back together from Mark 14. Uh, I don't know if I could do Monday yet. I'm looking at my schedule. It may be Tuesday. I'll let you guys know. Make sure you check out uh, all my social media uh, accounts for that, specifically like an Instagram story. Uh, that way I'll let you guys know if I'm changing times on Monday, but I'm having a few things uh, happening. I'm trying to move around. So uh, until uh, until next time, uh, keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind. Love you guys. I'll see you all next week.